I want to show you something God showed me. I've, I've preached this a few times uh, since because I was so excited about it. In a couple of places I preached it, people got really excited about it. It blessed my heart. I hope it'll bless yours. All right, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, you know these things, but I, I've, I need to lay some foundation here. And God said, singular, God, singular, said, let us, plural, make man in our plural image after our plural likeness. We believe in a trinity. We believe in the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So that's why I'm not going to forfeit my dominion to the, uh, the animals. Amen. I, God gave me supremacy over spotted owls and salamanders and endangered species and all the rest of that, and, and I'm not going to give it up. Praise the Lord. So God created man. I believe that. God created man. No, no evolution, no, no monkey business. God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Just, just two. Check one box or the other. Male, female. Not four boxes, not 26 boxes, not 53 boxes. God made male and female. Praise the Lord. We believe that. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So here's what we believe. We believe that God created man. Then God made a woman from the man. And we believe that God gave them instruction to have children. Fruitfully multiply replenish the earth. That's, that's God's command to the man, God's command to the woman. That's, that's how this thing started. That's where you came from. All right, Genesis chapter number 2. The Bible says here in verse number 15, the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord, command, the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So God, listen, God has a garden. That garden is in Eden. Eden's not the garden, the garden's not Eden. There's a garden in Eden. And God put the man in the garden to, to keep, to dress and to keep that garden. Okay? So... Let me, let me say something to you. I'll get ahead of myself. Work is not a curse. God put man to work before he fell. You see that? And the work God gave him to do is taking care of a garden. And then he said, now, in the middle of that garden, there's, there's one tree. I don't want you to eat that tree. And you eat that tree, you'll surely die. No doubt about it, you'll surely die. Don't eat that tree. Which shouldn't be a problem because everything else he can't eat. And it's always a marvel to me how my son, my daughter, your sons, your daughters, our young people, if they're allowed to do 500 things, they get an attitude over the one thing they can't do. And people say, well, that's just the sin nature. It's there before, the, before they sinned. That thing, pre, listen, it, wanting what you can't have predates sin. That's remarkable, isn't it? So we don't have to argue about, you know, is that my child's sin nature? Is that just what, well, it don't matter. It's just, there's just something in us 
If God says no, we want it to be yes. If God says yes, we want it to be no. And we've got to deal with that thing. Anyway, Genesis 3. Genesis 3. I, I know you know all this I'm saying right now. I know you know this. But I, I, we're going somewhere. All right, so the Bible says in verse number 1, Now the serpent was... That's, that's such amazing wording by the Holy Spirit. What he says is, what the devil was 6,000 years ago, that's what he is today. Look, see the wording? Now the serpent was. What he was, he is. What he is, he was. He don't change. He hasn't had to change. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said unto the woman, yea, God said, you should not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, well, according to my revised version, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you should not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, which he didn't say, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. So, so the woman, she's messing around with the Bible, and that allows the devil to mess around with her. And, and the combination of Satan's temptation and the woman's, either, either Adam gave her a bad translation or she amended uh, the word when Adam gave it to her. Nevertheless, the devil just comes right out and lies to her. You'll not die. God said you'll die, but you'll not die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes should be opened and ye should be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, let, let's tell you how, how far gone uh, your world is and it, it, it didn't happen overnight. Who could read that and then start a religion that has become the fastest growing religion in the world, teaching people that if you join our religion, you shall be as gods? Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, you, you, have to, you have to live among a people that has totally rejected the first three chapters of the Bible to build temples and send out missionaries to convert people to religion that tells them you shall be a god. <laughs> Satan's not even hiding it anymore. It's right out there in, in your face. All right, we, 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 I got to hurry. Uh, so he says, verse number six, And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave it also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So boys and girls, listen, let, let, me, let me talk to you before I get to uh, talking to all the adults here. If you read Genesis chapter 1, day 1, God saw it was good. Day 2, God saw it was good. Day 3, God saw it was good. Day 4, God saw it was good. Day 5, God saw it was good. Day 6, God saw it was good. At the end of the creative week, he saw everything that he had made that it was very good. And he gave it all to that man, and he gave it all to that woman. So what Satan is offering them is the knowledge of evil. Because they already have the knowledge of good. Everything you can know that is good, God gave it to them. The only thing they have to gain from eating that tree is the knowledge of evil. So, so listen, listen, 16-year-old, 17, 18, listen to me, listen, listen. Music, good music here. People, good people here. Language, good language here. Life, good life here. Marriage, good marriage here. The only thing you're missing out on that you're wondering about and desiring and curious about is evil. The only thing you're going to learn by going out there is things you'll wish you'd never learned. 
You don't need to go out there to have a good daddy, a good mommy, a good family, good friends, a good future. You got that right here. Satan is not offering you more good with some evil mixed in. He's offering you evil to balance or counteract the good that you already have. What? Look, the man's naked. He don't know it. He's not ashamed. Like a, he's like a two-year-old running around in the living room. Right? The little girl, she, she's naked. She don't know she's naked. She's like a toddler just escaped from the bathtub. They're just happy. Mom and dad provide everything for them. They don't have to worry about, about bad guys or, or the messed up world or anything. They're just two happy little children. That's Adam and his wife. And as soon as they ate that tree, all that innocent, happy, peaceful, God takes care of everything, it's gone. That's Now, the serpent was. That's all the devil wants you to do, is give up this simple joy that you have in Christ to go out there and complicate your life with the knowledge of evil. That's, it's just, that's, that's all there is to it. Okay, so anyway, so they made these aprons, um, and verse 8, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. Now, how does a voice walk? That's a pre-incarnate appearance of the Son of God right there. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Well, here's a little more preaching for you. Uh, he, he said, uh, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You get out there in that world and you put on your little apron. You won't think you're naked. Because all the people you're hanging out with, that's all they're wearing. But God shows up, you'll suddenly realize you're not covered. It's a funny thing, we, we're on it Monday night. That devil-possessed man in those tombs, who told him to put clothes on? He hadn't been to church, he hadn't been to a camp meeting, he hadn't heard some old fundamental preacher. I'm, I'm, just something about getting close to God that makes you want to cover that flesh up. Kind of interesting, isn't it? I mean, that... Adam and his wife, they both thought, Adam and April, how do I look? Oh, you look fine. How do I look? Oh, you look fine. Oh, God's coming. Quick, we're naked. <laughs> you, you ought to be careful the company you keep in the real world and in the fake world online. You don't want to be influenced by people that lower your standards so that your standard and God's standard are, are so different that when God shows up, you realize you, you're, doing, you, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. Okay, I, I got to get to this. So God, listen, they sinned, right? God said, don't eat that fruit. They ate that fruit, right? God said, the day you eat that fruit, you're dead. You will surely die, right? That's what he said. Now here comes God. What would you do? If God is coming and you have, and, and God don't lie, if God's coming, he's coming to kill you. They're dead. So what, what has happened? Your sin has separated between you and your God. God's not responsible for the separation. Sin's responsible for the separation. It, what, what you did, Adam, what you did, woman, you caused this separation. And now here comes God. You can have fellowship. God wants to have fellowship. You mess that up. You could walk with God in the cool of the day. You mess that up. That's what sin does. All right. 
So verse number 11, he said, Who told thee thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. That's everybody you witness to. Till the Holy Ghost brings them under conviction, they will not admit their sin. They will blame somebody else or say somebody else worse than me. That's as old as Genesis 3. And uh, verse number 13, the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. And I did eat. It's not my fault. Not my fault. I was born in a bad economic situation. Not my fault. My dad was mean. It's not my fault. My, my mother drank. It's not my fault. I went to church one time. The preacher did something he shouldn't have done. It's not my fault. In fact, Adam, if you look, he went so far, he really blamed God. The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, if you'd have given me a better woman, if you'd have given me a different wife, if you'd have put me in a better situation, man, ultimately, God, this whole thing's your fault. That's pretty bold for a man on, on the day of his death. It's like God saying, you got any last words before I kill you? Yeah, it's your fault. You say, I don't think a man would do that. Have you not read, they will stand face to face with Jesus Christ and say, have we not prophesied? Have we not done many one for Have we not cast They're rebuking the Lord in the day he's about to throw them in the lake of fire. Sinners are bold, man. Christians aren't very bold, but sinners are bold. Verse 14. Lord God, sin of the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, I'm not going to preach to you about this prophecy about the virgin birth, and I'm not going to preach to you about this first promise of Jesus coming to destroy the serpent. I want to take you to this scene. This woman is talking to the serpent. She's got no business doing that. And her husband comes over, and he gets involved in the conversation. And she took that fruit, and she ate it. And her husband, obviously, says her husband ate with her, with her. He eats the fruit. And immediately, they know they're naked. They put these fig leaves of aprons on, and they hear God coming. Adam, Adam. Adam, or maybe he's singing a song. I am great. I am good. <laughs> I am wonderful. <laughs> and they run and they hide. Why? Because God is going to kill them. And he finds them. He brings them out of those bushes where they're hiding. And the woman is standing right in front of God. And the man is standing right in front of God. And the serpent is standing right in front of God. And he says to the serpent, her seed is going to bruise your head. Does the thought flicker in her mind? Does the slightest bit of hope come to life in her heart? My seed? How how could I have a seed if he's going to kill me? Verse, Verse 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. I know what my Bible says in the margin. 
I can guess what your Bible says in the margin. I know what I've preached a hundred times. I know what you've preached a hundred times. God cursed that woman. But wait. But wait. Why did he make her? Adam, I want you to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Lord, I can't do this by myself. Go to sleep. I'll make you a woman. Here's the woman. Now I want you two to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. God looks at that woman and he listen, listen to what he said. You're going to have children. If she's going to have children, then she's not going to die. If she's going to have children, then God didn't come to kill her. You know what the, listen, you know what the Lord's saying to that woman? The rest of your life, what should have been a blessing is going to bring your, you tears. What should have brought you joy is going to bring you sorrow. What should have been easy is going to be hard. But if you'll let me help you today, you don't have to die and you can still have children. Can I say to you tonight, from the very day sin entered the world, the grace of God was greater and the mercy of God was greater. And it is not a new doctrine that God is not willing that any should perish. God did not want to destroy that woman that day, though she deserved it more than anyone has ever deserved to be destroyed. In the very sentence he passes upon her, he offers her hope and life. Why did God make her to have children? What did God say? I can't fix everything you've done. I can't take away all the problems you brought into this world. But if you'll let me help you, you'll still have babies. Look at the next verse. No, no, let, no, let me finish verse 16. He says, and, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Oh, people don't like, oh, they don't like that. They read that, and all these angry feminists, all these bitter, unhappy, lonely women, oh, man, running my lifetime. No, 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 no. If a man know not how to rule his own household, how shall he take care of the church of God? Pharaoh appointed Joseph ruler over all his house, and Joseph fed everyone in Pharaoh's kingdom and kept them from starving. You know what God said? He said, I ought to kill you right now, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. So that, that devil doesn't do this to every woman for the rest of time. I'm going to put a daddy between you and the devil and one day he's going to put your hand in a man. I'm going to put a husband between you and the devil. And when that husband dies, I'm going to set it up so my church will stand between you and the devil. If you'll let me help you. I can't fix all this. But I'll make it as good as it can be from here on out. What a merciful God. What a gracious God. Look at verse 17. And unto Adam he said... Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. 
Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field, and the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. I know, I know, uh, my Bible says it, your po- yours probably says it, I've preached it a hundred times and so have you. That's the curse God put on the man, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Thou shalt... <laughs> Cursed is the ground, thorns and thistles shall it bring forth. And Adam, in his heart, he thinks, do I dare believe what I've just heard? Do I, do I dare think what I'm thinking? You know what God just told him? You're going to be a farmer. You're going to be a farmer. You know why God made him? To be a farmer. He put him in that garden to till the ground. Here's what God said. I can't fix what you've done today. I can't undo the damage you've wrought. But if you'll let me help you, you will still put a hoe in the ground. You will still turn dirt with a plow. You will still plant seeds. You will still harvest crops. You're going to sweat. You're going to deal with thorns and briars. But let me help you. You say, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe that. You think God's a liar? I don't think God's a liar. God said that in the day you eat there, thou shalt surely die. And look what he just said to Adam. In sorrow shalt they eat of it all the days of thy life. Let me help you. We can't undo this. But we can make it as good as it can possibly be from here on out. What a God. What a God. I don't want to know what the worst sin you've ever committed is. I, I don't want to know. Your, you, your pastor might know, he might not know. I don't want to know what the worst thought you've ever had. I, I, don't want it, I don't want to know what it is, but God knows it. And I'm telling you something. God wants to fix it as far as it can be fixed. And he wants to make the rest of your life as good as it can be. And he can't take away what's happened. And he can't take away all the consequences of what had happened. But you don't have to die. You can still bear children. You can still till the ground. You can still do something for God. You might have sorrow you'd never known. You might have thorns and sweat you'd have never known. But it doesn't have to end this way. Thank God. What a merciful God. Now can I show you something? I, I have tried. I've tried as long as I can remember. To give myself some reason to hope. That Adam didn't die lost. I, I've, I've tried my best. You know what the Bible says? Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? And, and justified by the same by grace through faith. Well, that's what we believe. And, and, and yet Hebrews 11, Adam's not there. Right. Old Testament examples, illustrations, Adam's not there. Let me show you something. So God comes. That woman, look how scared she is. Look how scared that woman is. God said, you're going to die. You, you were supposed to be fruitful and replenish the earth. And, and now you've sinned and you're going to die. And God says, I tell you what. Sorrow, sorrow, lots of sorrow. But conception. Adam, I gave you dominion over this earth. I put you in the garden, dress it and to till it. Here comes God. He's going to kill him. He said, look, sweat, thorns, briars, it's going to be hard. But I'll still let you farm. 
Isn't that amazing? In fact, look back just, just before I, I show you what, what, what I was about to show you. Look in um, verse number 17. Unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying thou should not eat of it, cursed is the ground, not you, the ground. But watch, for thy sake, God cursed the ground. So Adam would have to sweat and sorrow, and deal with thorns, and with thistles, to eat his bread. Why is that a blessing? You don't know. You know why it's not safe to walk in a city? Because the able-bodied, strong men in that city don't have to work for a living. And so they got energy to loot, and energy to rape, and energy to rob, and energy to carjack, and energy to fight, and energy to murder. You know what God did for you? He made you get up in the morning, and sweat, and fret, and toil, and labor, so at the end of the day, it was all you could do to drag yourself to church. Amen. He did that for you. He made work hard. He made work difficult. He made work to wear the body out. Why? He made those children a a cause of sorrow and trouble and turmoil and man ruling over the woman and all that strife and conflict in the home. Thank God. It takes all the dancing energy out of you. It takes all the bar hopping energy out of you. It it takes all the running the streets energy out of you. Look what he said. For thy sake. You know what God's doing? He's making the best of the bad situation man made for himself. You say, show me some faith. Show me some faith. Show me some reason to believe that Adam and his wife got in. I think I I I found it. Look in Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 verse 21. The Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. That's holy anesthesia. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs. Now, fellas, you know why God made this woman out of a rib? He didn't make her from a foot to be walked on. And sister, he didn't make her from the top of his head to run him. He made her from a rib because her place is right there by his side. He intended that man and woman go through life side by side, not one over the other, not one under the other, not one trampling the other underfoot, not one taking dominion side by side. He took up his rib, took one of his ribs, closed up the flesh instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a, a woe man and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, now watch this, Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. See the capital W? Adam named her. Woman. Why? Because she's taken out of man. So so he said, said, I'm going to call her taken out of me. Called her woman. Now watch this. They eat of that fruit. Here comes God. God said, you're going to surely die. But the Lord confronts them. He said, listen, if you'll let me help you, you can still have babies and you can still be a farmer. 
And look at verse, look at verse number 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Wait a minute. He'd already named her woman. But when he heard what God said, he changed her name to Eve. And Eve means mother of all living. Listen, he hasn't even kissed her since they fell. He hasn't hugged her since they fell. She's not the mother of anybody. She's not the mother of anything. Adam turns to his wife and he takes her by the hand and he says, we're going to live. God's going to let us live. You're going to have children. Now what is that if it's not faith? In a merciful, merciful God. Verse 21. Unto Adam also and his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. How many ways could God have killed that man? How many ways could God have killed that woman? Really, all he'd have to do is take back the breath of life that he gave him. He wouldn't have to be violent. He wouldn't have to be gruesome. He'd just just let him die. But as that woman stood there, in shame and guilt and fear and hope, and could it be possible... Did he really mean what he just said? And as that man stands there in guilt and shame and fear, but hope and trust, could he really mean what he just said? They watched in horror. As an innocent creature that had done no wrong submits itself to the power of God The death that woman should have died falls on that animal. And the death that man should have died falls on that animal. And they watch blood fall to the ground. They watch blood stain the hands of their Lord. And he skins that animal. And as they watch, he makes a coat and a covering. And God, God, brings to the woman who's done nothing but sin. And God brings to the man who's done nothing but sin a covering that He has provided for them by His grace. And they have only to receive it and they can live. Can I say to you, on the worst day in the history of the human race, the God of all grace showed who He really is. On the day when the entire race deserved to die, God showed Himself to be the merciful God that He is. Is it not a sad thing that we still view God as a threat? 
that we still think if the Lord showed up, He would kill us? That we still think I need to hide in the bushes? Who knows what He's going to do to me? When in reality, all the pain they'd inflicted upon themselves, all the trouble they'd brought upon themselves, and what God was coming to do was to try and make the best He could out of the mess they'd made of their lives. If you're here tonight, you're not saved. God's not who you think He is. He does not want to destroy you. Nor can He fix all your problems. But I'll tell you what He wants to do. He wants to offer you a covering made by the shedding of the blood of His own dear Son. And if you'll trust Him, He can make the best possible life out of what you've got left. What a God. Verse number 22. I've wondered about this. I've, I've heard so much speculation. The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. I've heard and so have you all kinds of speculation what would have happened if Adam ate the tree of life and if they got back in the garden. They'd, and, and, and what, what the Bible says is even better. In fact, what the Bible doesn't say is even better. Can I, can I show you something? This is really amazing. It's really amazing. Grammar. Grammar. You know, she'd love grandpa. No, Grammar. End of a sentence, period. Right? right? Okay. If, if, if I'm pausing in a sentence, I put a comma. Right. Now, a semicolon, semicolon, that's when you've had part of your uh, intestines removed. No, no, that's, no. <laughs> semicolon, here, here's what that means. I've got a period and a comma. So I've got a complete sentence on one side of the punctuation mark. And I've got a partial sentence on the other side of the part, punctuation mark, but I need them both to be together. The two thoughts are so, so connected that I can't make two sentences out of them. Right. Now, if it's a colon, look, it's a period on top of a period. So I've got a full sentence and a full sentence, but the two go together. I can't separate them. But there's something really, really bizarre right here, and it, it doesn't show up anywhere else in the Bible that I know of. The Bible says in verse number 22... The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us, no good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Verse 23. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. You know what the Lord did? He said, There's something else that goes with this. But I can't write it. There's something else that goes with this, but I can't supply it. You know what happened? You know what happened? You say, well, God drove him out of the garden. No, you know what happened? You know what God did? God spared them from whatever would have been on the other side of that colon. It never happened because God never let it happen. You know what he did for me the day he saved me? Here's my old life before I got saved. 
and here's my new life over here in Jesus Christ. And there's this blank space right here that can't be written because God kept it from ever happening. There's no, there's no point in speculating about it. There's no point in talking about it. There's no point in thinking about it. It never happened. God drove the man out of the garden, and it doesn't matter what you think would have happened if God hadn't driven him out. God drove him out. It never happened. And you can say tonight, who knows what would have happened to me if I hadn't got saved. Nobody will ever know, because it didn't happen. Praise the Lord. In the history of the world, there's this big blank space that Jesus saved me from. He didn't save me out of it. He didn't save me after it. He saved me from it ever happening. Isn't that amazing? You got saved as a child. You got this huge blank space there. You got saved later on in life. You might have a shorter blank space. But look at all of that that you never did. That you would have done. Look at all the things that never happened to you that would have happened to you. What a... It was, oh, God drove me out of the garden. Oh, no, 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 no. Stop this negative. Look how mean God is. Look how gracious God is to let you have a blank space in your life where destruction would have been. Praise the Lord. And I don't know that I fully understand this, but I know what it says. Verse 24. So he drove out the man. Sounds to me like the man didn't want to leave. And he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims, a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Adam, in his fallen state, didn't know what was best for him. Adam, now that he's eaten the tree of the knowledge of evil, not really in a position to make the best choices. You know something? Sometimes God's good enough to not give us a choice. I, could ne- I can never be lost again. I can never be without Christ again. I can never be without the Holy Ghost again. I can never be without eternal life again. I might say some foolish things down the road. I might walk through some dark valleys and Ask God to leave me alone somewhere down the road. But you know what he's done? He just fixed it where I can't. I can't. I can't undo what he's done. Praise the Lord. So, I I just want to say to you that I've been young and now I'm old and maybe it's the circles that I run in. Maybe it's the just personality. I don't know what it is. But I always, it seems like I always read Genesis 3 like God was the bad guy. And I'll tell you, it looks to me like he was absolutely the good guy. And what he did for that woman, and what he did for that man, if you're saved, he's done it for you. And if you're not saved, he'll do it for you. He can't take away your thorns. He can't take away your thistles. He can't take away your sweat. He can't take away your sorrow. But he can make the best out of your life that he possibly can. 
from here on out. And he's worthy of your trust. He's worthy of your confidence. Don't hide in the bushes. He, he doesn't want to kill you. He wants to give you life. 